Excuse me, what is going on here? But first we're going to make a little detour. So absurd, so questionable. Yeah, I guess we're just the weirdos. Expect the detour. I slept in this. Um, <laughs> so I've been in a severe depression, I think is what people call it, yeah. since about tip-off last night when the game started. Oh, your depression just started last night? Yeah. What's well, been wrong with you this for the past couple of years? So I like to call that the polarity of the earth is changing, and it's pulling the magnets in my body different ways. <laughs> Should we ask Alan? Should we ask why he has magnets in his I, body? I think it's it's the only only logical question. Hey Evan, mm-hmm. why do you have magnets in your body? When I was thirteen, I swallowed three magnets. Um, one, I, I tried to put them in each corner of my body. Your I have body three. has corners. <laughs> yeah, you don't. He does have an interesting build. He looks like an Amazon box. <laughs> yes. So I was born. Using the Pythagorean theorem. Which is interesting because, I'm sorry to cut you off, no, but I need to point something out. He claims he has corners, four of them, mm-hmm. yet he only uses three magnets. Did you miscount magnets? Why couldn't you fill all corners of your body? So I had four. I ate three. I hate to cut you off again. Yeah. I mean, he could be built like a like a triangle uh, pyramid. <laughs> Triangle bottomed pyramid, you know? That's a good point. I guess there are other shapes other than a square. <laughs> yeah. That's my fault. I guess the real reason is that when I swallowed these magnets, my body wasn't this shape. <laughs> I swallowed them trying to make it a perfect shape. Because you look around and you look at all these male body standards that society's throwing out there. And I wanted to fit into that mold. And what better way to do that than magnets just pulling my body in three different directions? trying to fashion my bones and my internal organs into a sort of pyramid that the ancient Egyptians most likely built, but also people may wonder, oh, is his body made from aliens? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I went for. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Now, it looks painful. It used to be. Oh, you've gotten over it? My body's just numb now. The magnets have ripped through my nerves. Now, when a car drives by you... (laughs) What happens? What happens when a car drives by you? So you've seen people walking dogs that don't walk well on the leash, right? Yes. And they kind of just jerk out and, you know, make abrasive movements towards the road sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's It's a lot similar to that. So my wife has to tie a collar around my neck and kind of just put me on a leash to make sure I don't get thrown asunder into the road. <laughs> oh. My my thing is you have you're full of magnets. A car drives by you, maybe a little close. You attach yourself to that car, and now you just have a collar wrapped around your neck. Does that seem? It seems dangerous. It seems a little dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I've been to the doctor a couple times. Right now, you're, <laughs> you're in the shape of a pyramid. Yeah, and your neck is at least one foot longer than it should be. Yeah, I know that this is an audio medium, but if anybody out there is listening and wants to draw a picture so that we can see of Evan's body. Pyramid shaped with somewhat of a giraffe neck. Include the magnets. Send it to us. <laughs> it's like it's like a police sketch. We're like, this is what the guy looked like. He looked like the Egyptian pyramid, but also a wacky inflatable tube man. <laughs> He's out in front of a car dealership advertising a sale. <laughs> he looked like something out of a Seuss book. <laughs> But your muscles in your neck and your bones in your neck have yeah. given out, so you're just kind of a <laughs> limp neck, just kind of bouncing around. You're looking at the floor right now. <laughs> yeah, when I try to, like, I haven't seen the sun in at least, I don't know, six years since the last time my neck was straight and the muscles could hold themselves up. I haven't looked upwards towards the sky. I haven't seen the face of God in <laughs> I think God saved in heaven because he's afraid of what he made. <laughs> that is likely. Is anything happened to your legs? I mean, we're working our way down the body here. We've <laughs> neck, you know, body. What, anything weird about your legs that you've altered? Well, no. I mean, they've had to hold up a pyramid and long neck 
giraffe-like neck for years now, so they are just not very long, but they are muscular. And they yeah, are the calves are just booming. They exploded. <laughs> booming, yes. <laughs> Did you put C4 on your calves? What? Why are they exploding? Um, Just from the sheer weight of gravity. Oh, my God. Damn. Yeah. So. Anything with your arms? I don't think so. I don't I, I feel don't like you'd so. know. <laughs> I think he, they're pretty he, normal, yeah. Well, for those that can't see, he's saying, I don't think so, because he has no arms. <laughs> How could he possibly have anything wrong with his arms if they don't exist? A couple empty sockets. Yeah. like, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> He's attached a fork from his shoulder on one side and just a water hose on the other. You got to eat and drink. You got to eat and drink. <laughs> you're a very you're a very silly goofy looking guy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're still alive. Um, <laughs> welcome to Questionable Detour. Let's do some hypotheticals. Dave, can I pose a somewhat abstract, purely hypothetical question? I guess I, I want to apologize for asking a hypothetical question. Well, that's a hypothetical question. All right, so boys, for our first hypothetical up today, we got uh, if you're going to jail, which it's I don't know, does that seem likely? I'm becoming more and more criminal. I think every day. you think so. So it's it's inevitable that mm-hmm. I'm going to be behind bars. Alan, what, what do you feel about your prospects? Yeah, I'm thinking it's looking good. Um, I'm I'm hoping hoping for an easy minimum security, but based off I think our track record, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, most likely not. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I think it's pretty likely any day now SWAT team's going to roll through <laughs> here. But until then, we can think about and prepare for when we do get to jail. What's the first thing y'all are going to do once we do get there? I think my first move, sort of after coming through those big doors, the the clanking of the of the bars behind me as I'm thrust into general population, my first move is to get down on all fours and bite someone. <laughs> That's your first move? That is my first first move it has to be on all fours it has to be on all fours really assert i don't know if that's dominance or i think it's virility (laughs) (laughs) well i think i think it works both ways i see that as a dominance you know move i'm asserting dominance among my other inmates and i think it might also once they see the respect that i get some of the others might might think well that seems like a pretty good idea it worked for him why what if it works for me (laughs) What if I can follow in his four evenly spaced footsteps? <laughs> and maybe I start some sort of a, maybe a prison gang of just, just, just a rabbit. feral, <laughs> feral inmates just nomming. Just foaming at the mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want I want to go back to when you first entered. Mm-hmm. Do you give any warning, or is it just pretty much you get into gym pop? That's what they say in the jail biz, mm-hmm. yeah, gym pop. Yeah. We've been brushing up on yeah, our yeah. lingo. General population, Do you, you just immediately get down. That door shuts to where the guards can no longer protect those poor, not innocent, <laughs> <laughs> those poor guilty people in there, and you just go, you just go to town like a, like a raccoon. Let me ask you this. When you're in charge, do you have to tell other people what you're about to do? <laughs> Do you ask them? Do you sit them down and say, hey, is it okay if I do this? I think, I'm thinking about doing it. No, you don't. You immediately, <laughs> immediately do it. No warning. The guard's scared. The inmates are scared. <laughs> so it's like you're like walking in and you're like this nice, just like easygoing, mm-hmm. conversational guy. You're talking to the guards like, oh, hey, how's your day go- been yeah. going? And then as soon as that lock latches on the door, you just <laughs> the sli- switch flips and you are just... In a rabid state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have a favorite place you like to bite? Well, it depends on the height of the person. Okay. If they're short and I can sort of get to the top half easier, because I am on all fours, um, I'll go for that. But if they're if they're tall, I've, I'm kind of just going for the calf, really. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you about your all fours situation here. Now, some people can mince what they mean about all fours is that all fours where your feet are still on the ground or are you hands and knees hands and knees or hands and feet almost like yeah like you're crawling yeah that's a great question uh to really paint the picture it's it's hands and knees and then my um from the knee to the foot is just tucked up in the air (laughs) as i crawl (laughs) 
but you're faster than anyone running on two feet, right? Well, when you practice as much as I do, I mean, you're like shot out of a cannon once you hit your knees. That's right. That's right. Do you have little danger signs written, signs written on the bottom of your feet as you <laughs> do you run around? It's like when you're following a dump truck and yeah. it says, stay at least this many feet behind. That's what the bottom of my foot says. Now, are you the type just like almost like a snake where you bite and let go? Or are you more of a rabid dog type? You bite, latch on, and just kind of like hold on to them. I'd say rabid dog type. I'm trying yeah. mm-hmm. to, uh, I'm trying to leave a no pun intended, leave a mark. Yeah, <laughs> uh, leave, make a good impression. Um, and I, I think that biting and leaving doesn't make the impression that I want to that I want to give to these people. I want them to know that um, I'm going to be around. You're committed. You know, I'm, I'm committed. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> could, you imagine, <laughs> could you imagine the guard leaving and be like, eh. And then him coming back, and it's just a bunch of hardened criminals tattooed, mm-hmm. you know, in a corner. <laughs> just cowering in fear. And is <laughs> Alan sitting on top of one of those jail tables, just growling and foaming <laughs> in the mouth. They just have little bite marks all over him. <laughs> They're warriors. Those are those are ba- those are battle scars, you know. And that, so you said you form a gang of these rabid dogs. Yeah. What's your gang called? We're called the Do Bad Dogs. <laughs> the Do Bad Dogs. Okay. Okay. Like we're all that. in jail. We've all done bad things, and we're crawling around on all fours like a couple feral dogs. I mean, we're the Do Bad Dogs. <laughs> Y'all have cool leather jackets with that written on the back. Uh, we have the standard government issued uh, prison uniforms. <laughs> We just cut the sleeves off. <laughs> For the general fear of what happens in prison, you know, you drop the soap, that fear. We know that fear. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to have an issue with that. No Nobody, you can drop the soap. Nobody's messing with you if you're biting. Well, I mean, if we're dropping the soap, we're, we're already on all fours. We're, close, <laughs> we're closer to the ground to pick up the soap than any of the other inmates. We have the leg up. At what point do you start evolving where you no longer use your hands and you just use your, use your mouth for everything? That's a, that's a great question. I would probably say, I don't know, three or four days. <laughs> it's very quick. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you get... Time passes differently in jail. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> Evolution happens faster. <laughs> All right. What else? Is that it? You just biting people? I mean, I do I need to do, any, do no, anything more? No. <laughs> I think that is enough. I, I, think, done I enough, think it's sir. just biting people. Um, the do-bad dogs. Uh, <laughs> look for us in your, uh, in your next trip to the penitentiary. <laughs> For them in your local jail cell. <laughs> I, I know we're kind of wrapping your answer up, but I do have a question now. That how do you get into the do bad dogs? You have to bite somebody first. Is it an, what initiation happens? No, you get well. You have to draw first blood. Okay. So is that like the movie with Sylvester Stallone? Uh, no, in that movie they drew first blood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and is that with a sketch pad and pen, or is that more of a? <laughs> A watercolor situation? I, I see where you're going with that. Actually, you have to draw a picture of someone drawing first blood. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. And then you're really drawing, drawing first blood. <laughs> drawing, drawing. <laughs> you're drawing first blood, drawing first blood. That's right. <laughs> All right, Evan, what are you doing? What are you doing when you get to prison? I think I'm immediately just, I'm just going to crawl in a fetal position and cry. Very tough. That's very tough. Well, you want to show how vulnerable you are. You want people to see how emotionally available you are so they can come up to you. They can comfort you um, because you know how hardened criminals are. They always have a soft side. Mm -hmm. So, and most of the time... I think you're going to see more of the hard side, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well... Once you once you soften them up and you show them that you're vulnerable, they come over to comfort you and they'll show you that soft side. And that's when you immediately go into fight mode. Oh While they're bent over you, bent over you, hand on your back, just rubbing it, saying it'll be okay. It's as bad as they say it is. And then you just go to town on their soft regions. <laughs> And then no one, no one's gonna mess with you after that because they know they never know what you're gonna do next. You're unpredictable at that point. And that's how you keep the criminals away from you. So do you go back into the fetal position after that's done? Yeah. Anytime anyone's near you, you fetal position straight up. Okay. Okay. And then anytime anyone gets near you, you're like a snake. You just gotta attack. <laughs> I like it. Just one quick punch and you're back in the fetal position. <laughs> it seems a little unhinged. <laughs> That's how you. That's how you win prison. 
Who's the most unhinged? Who's the most unpredictable? Mm-hmm. Now, are you is it are you a good crier? Like, is it convincing? My mother said I was always a good crier. Um, up until the age of 23, until she was like, that's starting to get a little unconvincing because you've been doing this for 23 and a half years now. Did you now. also punch her when she got close to you? Yeah. How well, long have you been the, employing this tactic? As long as I can remember. It started when I was nursing um, as a child. And <laughs> Glad you specified. <laughs> How old was this again? 13. <laughs> And I would just... Wait, you just started nursing when you were 13? Yeah. What did you do for the first 13? Ate grub worms. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of grub worms. Um, a lot of mites. I understand now why you're completely unhinged. You go to prison, <laughs> you cry and punch people. I wouldn't consider me unhinged. Seems appropriate for my situation. <laughs> I guess it does. You gotta, I, guess, I guess you do, do have an excuse. Yeah, you got to uh, employ the context of the situation. So you got to take that into consideration. This. Were you denied nursing until you were 13 and forced to eat mealworms and grub worms and, and the like? It was more of a personal choice. Okay. <laughs> you made personal choices as a baby? <laughs> yeah. Don't we all, you know? Um... You come out screaming. You don't want milk. You want something a little soft and chewy. Uh, has a little juice to it. That's a grub worm for you. Okay. You don't have teeth. How are you gonna? How are you gonna? You know, eat something solid. How did you explain? Do wait. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Do you think milk is solid? <laughs> <laughs> when I started nursing, it was on frozen milk, uh, <laughs> solid blocks of milk. And I had to eat it as an ice cube. Yeah, basically eating a stick of butter. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big old block of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Uh, I actually, I would put it in the ice maker. Like, I would I would turn off my ice maker in my fridge and put blocks of frozen milk in there. And so whenever I went to go get water, I would just put, you know, a couple milk cubes in there. And I'd so pick oh. that down. So, what are you going to do when you get to prison and there's only a limited supply of milk there? It's going to be a lot more crying. Yeah. No, do you, yeah, do you think a lot that of those crying. tears and the crying that you did in the fetal position will be real tears? I'm sure some will. I mean, you know, you're in a tough position when you're in prison. Well, yeah. uh, you're up against the odds. No one believes in you. No one believes that you can get milk. But that's my first request, you know, to bring in from from visitations and whatnot mm-hmm. is just a solid block of milk and you know i'll store that under my pillow and i'll sit on it and nurse it like a mother hen <laughs> and then when it when it gets time to harvest that milk i i will shove it down my gullet and <laughs> did you say you already had this milk in or do you have to smuggle it in i, I have to get it smuggled in from the outside <laughs> I, I don't store that inside how me. do you smuggle in milk it's part of a gang system Oh, um, that's good. Good to know. Yeah, it's good to be. It's good to be in a the gang. They protect you. Yeah, they protect you, but they also set you up where they can get somebody sent into jail with just a, a, a set of milk hidden in their stomach, and then once they get in, they just toss it up like a mother hen, like a mother bird. <laughs> okay. To me. So they feed you like a penguin does their young. Yeah, it's a lot of ha ha ha, and I'm just like bent underneath them like. <laughs> Oh, so if I may summarize Evan, he's in the shape of a pyramid, (laughs) long, weird neck, goes to jail, cries, and then punches people that try to console him, and then eats milk (laughs) that is thrown up by an inmate that has smuggled it in. Yeah, that's about it, yeah. (laughs) Well, your people on the outside really love you if they're willing to send someone to jail with milk in their stomach just to provide you with some sustenance. <laughs> they see somebody yeah, go there. I have a great support group. They see me. somebody go in the gym like, how much milk can you drink? <laughs> Got a guy on the inside. Do you want to tell everybody what you may have went to jail for? Mm, so what I did is I duct taped a bunch of cows together and I tried to ride them <laughs> much like Santa would hook a, a, a reindeer to the front of a sleigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did that with cows and an 18-wheeler. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Fully on duct tape, and I tried to run them down the major intersections here. <laughs> and not only did they not make it through. Yeah. 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 Let's just say most people went home with some beef that night. <laughs> some fresh beef. They had beef with you because yeah. of their situation. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 is also a little bit of fresh beef with me. 
Um, so now was the uh, were you driving the truck and you just mowed over the cows yeah. or the cows just, pulling? Did you just tape a, a bunch truck? of cows to the front <laughs> of your truck and you just drove? Well, the problem over is them? cows don't know like stop signs or which I thought, hey, maybe a cow knows what a yeah, stoplight yeah. looks like. It's a pretty common sign around town. They've seen them before, mm-hmm. probably, if they live near a stoplight. I mean, <laughs> cows go in trailers all the time. Yeah, like, exactly. You would think that they would know when they're stopping. Yeah, you got to stop whenever you have to. And apparently they, they tricked me because they did not know how to stop. <laughs> the cop pulls up and out. He's like, he's like, what? This is what this is what Santa does. Why is this an issue? <laughs> I saw it in so many movies. <laughs> Dead cows litter the street, blood all over your 18-wheeler that you just have. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing in it. Yeah. I just kind of ride it around. It's it's my daily. Yeah. But. So that's just your end goal. Yeah. It was just, just like I gotta get to work. Yeah. Gotta you know I gotta get somewhere. They weren't my cows, by the way. That, that's there the main is. reason I'm going yeah. to jail. But yeah, I mean you know you do what you gotta do to get around town. You know, there's no public that. transportation around here. So. All right, our next hypothetical. We've talked about death before on the podcast. We've expressed the inevitability of it. Eventually, when we do die. What are y'all's funeral? What's y'all's funeral going to be like? I plan for mine to be entirely pirate themed. Nice. Um, I want the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song uh, playing from the time my casket is brought out to the time I'm put into the ground. And I want them, I want an open casket and I want it to be me embalmed. Sure. But I don't want to be in a suit. I don't want to look like some businessman, some dignitary. I want to be dressed as Jack Sparrow. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, Dreadlocks and all. I want pirate hat. I want the full Jack Sparrow outfit. Now, do they sever your leg and put a peg leg on? Even if you had both legs going into, into death? Not mine, but as a requirement for the funeral... Anyone who attends does have to wear a peg leg. Uh, they don't necessarily have to have their leg taken off and have it replaced, mm-hmm. but they have, like, you know, walk with their, their leg back. Yeah, the it's knee, on their the knee. knee flex. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that everyone walking around will be on a peg leg um, and carrying a one-shot pistol. Mm-hmm. And they will also have a sword uh, attached to their hip as well sure. for any, any impending sword fights that need to happen. Will there be sword fights? There will be. Will um, there be more funerals because of your funeral? I'm hoping so. <laughs> Instead of reading, <laughs> reading words... When they're, when they're saying they're, they're, they're few words about me... Instead of doing that, two people will have to fight in order to see who gets to speak upon my great namesake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and whoever yeah. loses, it, it will be a fight to the death. <laughs> so You think there's going to be enough people to say good words about you that they'll have to fight each other? It's just gonna be your mom up there, just like <laughs> with a sword. It'll be my mom and my dad fighting each other <laughs> to say one thing. Do they have to walk out on a plank above your body? They to do say, to say the nice words about you. Yeah, and then whenever whenever they um they get done, I'll, my casket will be in a floating pool of water. Nice. So whenever they get done, they will have their hands and their feet tied and they will be pushed from the plank into the water and they will have to try to swim yeah. out <laughs> if they can. Um, now, to keep with the pirate theme of your death, do you put a dead parrot in there with you kind of on your shoulder? On my shoulder, yeah, yep. yeah. And obviously it'll, I'll have a plaque there that'll say this was my lifelong friend and companion, Peter Squawkington, but... <laughs> I, I've never had a bird in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it was all show. I mean, he was just there for the funeral. So they had to kill a bird. Yeah, yeah. To put in the casket with you. I commissioned it. They went to Petco, and they were like, does this one work okay? It's just a sparrow. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, just, they just shot one out back with a shotgun. Like, ah, he's dead. He's not going to know the difference. <laughs> it's like he was a real pirate anyway. <laughs> he said no the so is this done on a boat and in the open water? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see why not. That's pretty cool. It seems like a good. It seems like a logical and okay. So is it, it is it a wooden recreation <laughs> of a pirate ship or is, is it, it a, a pontoon boat? It's a cruise ship. Did you do it on a cruise ship? <laughs> Families enjoying their vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you just have like a funeral. Yeah, it's on a cruise ship. They're like, uh, we'll have the shuffleboard tournament <laughs> at three. <laughs> At 3.30, the house family pirate-themed funeral. 
will be laying to rest heaven house in the seas do they shove you overboard to bury you like osama bin laden <laughs> yeah they drive over mariana's trench and they try to get me as deep down in that baby as possible they tie a couple bricks to your legs <laughs> gotta get rid of this guy do they take the single shot pistols and fire a couple into the coffin just to make sure you're dead <laughs> That is the end of the funeral. Is everyone a takes one worried. shot? <laughs> Make sure this guy's dead. You see what he did in prison? <laughs> and a weird milk fetish. <laughs> This is a Disney cruise. So like, Got to make sure these kids don't see He's that. He's got the bricks attached to his leg and they dump him off the side, but the bricks get attached to one of the portholes. They just have a body <laughs> smacking, <laughs> swinging around and bouncing off the ship. There's a just, poor family in one of the porthole windows just looking at your, your dead face. Degrading the casket every time it hits the side. So like more and more of my body's just like sliding out of the casket. I'm, eventually I'm just hanging on by one arm and I'm just like slamming into the side of the cruise ship. You're bleeding from all the pistol shots that your family <laughs> unloaded. <laughs> I would 100% come to this thing. I would show up so fast. <laughs> The Pirates of the Caribbean theme songs playing in the background where you just bounce off the side of the ship. They put a speaker in my casket so it's like always playing near me. But they turn it off upstairs. But like you just walk past the porthole and you hear dun 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 dun. You hear smack, smack, smack. Very fun funeral. You put the fun in funeral. You really do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alan. How are people celebrating your life? I think people are. I would like people to celebrate my life in a uh, Scholastic Book Fair themed funeral. <laughs> like when you're in elementary school, you, that's that's the one you, you know. take it out of yeah, the class yeah, to go yeah. buy some books. Yeah. How so does that, how does that play out in a funeral? When I die, I I want that my information, my eulogy, to be not put in a newspaper, not put online, to be put in the Scholastic Book Fair pamphlet that you hand out a week before <laughs> the fair comes to your local library. I want them to be looking through. They're like, oh, okay, that's cool. A uh, little house on the prairie. Uh, oh, a dead guy. <laughs> oh, they have the race car drawing book. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love this book about dinosaurs. And also, Alan died? <laughs> No, not on that page. Over there on the other, next to the sports erasers. <laughs> now, is this because you can't get anybody to come to your funeral, so you have to almost advertise it? I want... And why do you just want kids to come? Yeah. Well, everybody's going to be allowed to, but the kids are going to be required to come. <laughs> it's catered towards the children. <laughs> so what I'm doing is I'm basically co-opting the book fair. That I want them to roll me in in one of those uh, expandable metal shelves on wheels that they keep the books in. That's going to be my casket. <laughs> so they're going to roll me into the library. Uh, my friends and family will be gathered around. Um, but I want to do it to promote literacy. Um, <laughs> I didn't you promote lived, it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't promote it enough uh, when I was alive. So I think that. I think I should do a little bit more about it in my in my death and death and funeral. So um, has rigor mortis set in? So when they finally open this casket, you're just <laughs> clamped onto a book, all white eyed and mouth yeah, open. That's correct. That's what book correct. are you reading in your death uh, for eternity? You know, for, for eternity. Probably um, the Farmer's Almanac, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. For 1982, <laughs> before you were alive. Not a, not a relevant Farmer's Almanac. <laughs> it's. It's a very old one, the 1982 Farmer's Almanac. Um, but they, most people say that's the best one. I, I hear it was a great year. <laughs> now, can these people buy you, like, out of the book fair? Uh, no, no. There's, no okay. I mean, there's, there's no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm a dead person. But I want them to be able to buy the books that I'm around on the shelf. <laughs> you know, if... They'd be like, reach over you. <laughs> If they're if, the if they're are... coming in there, oh look, Redwall. Let me move this dead guy's arm out of the way. <laughs> but you can't because it's rigor mortis. Is because set in. because rigor mortis is set in. They move it, it just cracks. <laughs> they move the arm. 
the kid's like, I really want that dinosaur book, but I don't want to go anywhere near the dead guy. <laughs> Do you think they'd have like a uh, uh, like a like a specific section of books near you, like above you, above your casket? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, like like bones and all, or like maybe anatomy books, yeah. <laughs> Sort of the Halloween themed uh, yeah. section. <laughs> the uh, what's the what's the one about the something bones? Um, the lovely bones. The lovely bones. Yes, yeah. yes, that's the one. Um, I think I think that's like sort of placed over top of my head, <laughs> like on your face. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that when they they come over and they're and they grab the the lovely bones book off the shelf, then they just see my dead face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a jump scare. Yeah. <laughs> do they get like AR points and like? Are, are you offering any kind of point system to kind of give them some money for this Scholastic Book Fair? Like, if they read enough books, maybe they can have a finger or something, you know, when your finger like is... Yeah. What it is, is it's, um, if they, whoever gets the most AR points, um, accelerated reading for those of you who are not familiar, um, whoever has the most AR points, they get to, at the end of the year, dig me back up and have me at their pizza party. <laughs> Ferris Bueller you for a whole day for a pizza party. That's incredible. Oh, that's that's incredible. That's a great that's a great rewards program. They just that dig really me up is. and wheel me back. I mean, I'm buried in the scholastic uh, yeah. rolling shelf anyway, so they just uh, they dig me up and roll me into the school. Um, here's, a, here's your prize, little Tim. And because the kids were at the book fair at the beginning of the year, they already sort of have a relationship with with you know me being at things at the school. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so when they see me, they're like, oh, this this guy again. <laughs> Will you be the keynote speaker at their graduation? <laughs> Will they roll you up to a mic? <laughs> like a Scott's Tot situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be great. Um, you know how they have the, the handicap uh, lift on the side of the stages at graduation? Yeah, yeah. They roll my rolling metal shelf up to the lift. Oh, they just put you on one of those moving trucks? That's yeah. like. <laughs> What, are they called a moving tr- a dolly? Like yeah, moving up yeah. on one of those dollies, yeah. They and roll then, me in there like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just put you in the middle, and then as they're uh, handing out diplomas, they have to shake your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then keep walking across the stage. <laughs> it's just you have five minutes to speak, and it's just you being like half skull, half face. <laughs> No words coming no out word. of my mouth, but they but they give me the airtime, which is important. Yeah. <laughs> it's just quiet silence. For just you hear the random coughs happening out in the crowd. People call it reflective, uh, <laughs> you know. And thank you, Alan. And they just roll you off to the side. People clap just sparsely <laughs> throughout the crowd. Okay, so Alan, one more question: Is this like a yearly thing? Like each new class that comes in, they. Hmm. They can dig you up at the end of the year, so it's like after a couple of years, it's like a time capsule basically, mm-hmm. and they can see what life looked like in two thousand five, whenever you were buried or whatever, you know. Yeah, do you uh, know what year it is? <laughs> I don't know when he died. <laughs> at this point, at this point, they shouldn't even bury you. They should put you in one of the trophy cases. That's right. <laughs> at the, you know the entrance of the school. Yeah. To- what they what they do is it. I am sort of uh, a time capsule, if you will. They do bring they do bring me up at the end of the year, so each person has the most AR points. They bring me up for their party before they put me back. Um, they each write a note to their future selves on me, and with a tattoo gun. <laughs> with a tattoo gun. And um, so that's kind of a way where we're promoting a, maybe a future career as a tattoo artist, but also um, something for the other people to see when they dig me up again next year. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's very funny. All right, Zach. What, what's happening at your funeral? I want people to mourn. I lived a good life. I'm a very likable person. You said I want mourn? Mourn. Or, okay. I thought you said Mormon. <laughs> I want, want them people to, mourn to marry multiple women <laughs> at my funeral and worship some plates that some guy found in the woods about 200 years ago. <laughs> I think that could be cool. <laughs> that's what I want at my funeral. So you want them to mourn men? I want them to mourn men. Mormon. <laughs> You want more men at your funeral? You more men. There's not enough men at my funeral. More men than women? <laughs> I want it to be a gay Mormon service, basically. <laughs> I didn't know they were okay with that. <laughs> I don't know if they are. I know zero Mormons. I'm sorry, we want to keep it that yeah. way. 
<laughs> yeah. Don't come at us if you're Mormon. <laughs> we don't need you. We'll, we'll call you if we need extra plates, all right? <laughs> For a dinner or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. All that's fine. If they're, if that's there, that's fine. I want it to be normal, relatively. Suits, ties. And at the end, before they take me off to be buried, I want the pastor to drop a hint that there is a family fortune that anybody at this funeral is able to get if they are able to steal my body right then and there. So is it a hint or is he actually saying that there is a family fortune? <laughs> he's, he's blatantly saying he's family blatantly fortune. Saying it. He's blatantly <laughs> saying it. That he, anybody that steals my body right the second gets the family fortune. And the chaos, because it's a large family fortune, the chaos that would ensue as people crawl over each other trying to grab my lifeless body and drag it out of the church would be spectacular. It'd be like a rat I, race situation. That's right, yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's oh, exactly yeah. what I was thinking. I think, as long as Evan and I aren't busy doing something, we'll probably be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want to go ahead and throw this out there while I said the other thing. It's more of a rot race, I guess. That's, I it's like, a rot yeah, race. There you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it was on the top of my head. I had to get it out there before it, it passed. Yeah, you, you got it. it was Sorry, timing go ahead, Alan. That's my bad. I would also like to bring up before, Alan, why do, you, why do y'all think I'm going to die first? You said if Evan and I aren't doing anything, we'll be there. So implying that I don't know. my we've, death will come first. Well, we've had some discussions that the way yeah. that you live your life yeah. um, is not conducive to living. <laughs> Um, Your days are numbered. Uh, let's just put it that way. Your days are numbered. Okay. Well, let me bring up this question to y'all, kind of back to the funeral. So y'all are there because I die first. How are y'all going to sell my body? What's your strategy? Well, that's what I was going to ask. It's a family fortune. Is it? Is it open to friends and family to yeah, it's, steal it's your anybody, body? It's anybody okay. there. And what? to be in full transparency, it's going to be announced to the population mm-hmm. that a family fortune can be had if you come to the funeral. Um, now, they don't know the stipulations of this. So it's going to be a packed house. Um, and Evan, we can kind of workshop this yeah, we can now. Work. I'd say yeah, it's a pretty easy alliance, I would say, between the two of us. We can we can split a fortune 50-50. We split, mm-hmm. you know, we split many things 50-50. Burgers. Bed. Toilets. Toilets. <laughs> Jackets. Shovels. <laughs> Nobody else in the Shoes. world I'd go in and buy a shovel 50-50 with except for Evan. Does Evan get the side of the shovel that doesn't have the, the His is just shovel? a stick. <laughs> I have the spade side. His is just a stick. I thought we were splitting it down the middle, so it was like a... <laughs> it seems like y'all need to go on the same page about that. We, yeah. yeah, yeah. We got a lot to think about. I mean, we, we will need the shovel if your body is being buried first before we have to steal it. Or is it like straight out of the? the no, it's home? sitting up at the front, okay. open casket. Great. So that helps, huh? I think, yeah, the easiest thing may just be to do what we do best and employ our jail tactics. Um, mm-hmm. I'll start crying. Yeah. Your whole family will come console me. Your whole family, your all your friends will be like, "Oh, this poor guy. He's so just broken, just broken and distraught from his friend laying in a well, acquaintance living in <laughs> laying in a <laughs> laying in a casket." Um, and as they approach me and console me, obviously I'll attack <laughs> immediately. Uh, they'll all be on the ground. Are you going to punch their my grandmother part. at my funeral? 100% in her soft parts. Um, <laughs> I would like you to know my grandma has no soft parts. <laughs> she is not unlike a tortoise. <laughs> that, that is my only weakness is if someone is a human tortoise. That's my only weakness. So then they have no soft sides. And Alan, obviously you can go straight feral. I think what I'll do is I'll I'll go feral until I get to the casket. And I will, I mean, I'll be on all fours. I'll bring a harness of sorts and uh, attach myself to the casket. And I'll just run with it like I'm a, <laughs> like a like I'm an dog, old yeah. stagecoach or, <laughs> or a sled dog. I'll, I'll, thinking- I'll distract the entire the entire uh-huh. thing with my thing that I have going on there. The crying and then a direct assault. <laughs> He's just crying dramatically? Yeah, and then whenever Alan harnesses himself to the casket and is driving it down like it's... I did a rod. I will hop on the back of that and say, peace yeah. out, losers, and me and my sled dog will gap, gallop down the, the freeway. That's right. I like that. I like that a lot. So, Evan, tell me when you're, when you're uh, fighting the family members, who's going to be the toughest? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Probably, probably his mom. Yeah, that's kind of what I was. Thinking she, she's too. got a, a good fight back in her. She's mm-hmm. got a little bit of like she, she'll come console me, but she won't take too much crap. You know, mm-hmm. she's already 
wanting to stab you. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, at all times, I have to. I have regularly have to go like, Mom, you need to put the knife back. Yeah. So I think that she won't trust me. She won't trust that I'm really sad, and yeah. um, she'll already be in a defensive posture, protecting her soft parts. So. <laughs> I'll have to fight through that. <laughs> I don't think Evan came to my funeral to get the fortune. I think he just wanted to fight my family. <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of existing anger against your family right now. We go way back. <laughs> my mom does want to stab him. So. <laughs> we go way but wait back. Wait till she hears you talk about her soft parts. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, all right. That was it. Okay. Funerals, boys. We're all going to die. <laughs> oh, great. Someday. Someday. What do we got? I'm a pirate. You're... What, what oh, just, oh you're rat race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, more rat race. But also, there is no fortune, by the way. I'm not rich. So... Ugh. I don't know if I should be telling y'all that now, because it might take so we'll away just, the incentive to show up. I don't think we'll be there now. Okay. Yeah, no. I have no I, incentive. Really no reason to... <laughs> Unless really? it's on the way to wherever we're yeah, going like, that day. We're going to the movies and yeah. uh, we just happen well, to swing by. Yeah, thankfully, my funeral can be on the way. Yeah. Any, wherever y'all are going, it can move. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. You're like a traveling <laughs> circus. Yeah. And That's exactly what it is. Honestly, yeah. we're probably not in touch enough to even know when you do die. So yeah. it's kind of just, we got to see the sign on the way to wherever we're going and yeah. be like, Zach Summer's funeral. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are only c- contractually obligated to speak to each other for a few hours on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Contractually. I didn't know y'all could speak English. Y'all leave my house. Mm. Outside of here. When I, I usually need, to, don't. need yeah. to give you guys information, I go through my attorney who goes through your attorney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, preparing for each week is a nightmare, honestly. Um, it is a legal battle. You, yeah. would, you would think that we're purchasing, you know, corporations. Yeah. <laughs> Oil fields. <laughs> my attorney was telling me it's similar to... Um, human slave trade cases he's worked mm-hmm. <laughs> so i forgot that that he went to school for that he did yeah he was a he's a big human slavery kind of guy uh-huh. but well against it right which what side is he on <laughs> is he fighting for it <laughs> i don't dirty client privilege yeah <laughs> i can't really talk about that here well all right pirate funeral rat race funeral book fair <laughs> funeral but fair a book fair funeral. All right, so that I guess that wraps up our hypothetical questions. So um, we came across some stuff in the news this week. Y'all want to go over that real quick? Yeah. We interrupt this program for a breaking news story. Breaking news. Hold on. This is breaking news. All right, Alan. Speaking of you, it's always it's always it's Alan. always you, you know, it's for weird some reason. How that happens. It's always Alan. I feel like we all do weird things. I, you, you just seem to we, do it more publicly. We don't maybe. do it with reporters around. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so this first this first little news story is actually about Alan, um, and it reads like this: In an unusual turn of events, a local man named Alan has been spotted selling some strange items on the streets of town. Eyewitnesses report that Alan has been setting up a makeshift market on a busy street corner, selling all sorts of odd and unusual items. Some of the items he's been peddling include a collection of antique spoons a box of expired canned goods, and a set of old license plates from around the world. I don't actually, I don't actually want one of those. Um, many people passing by the market have stopped to take a closer look, some out of sheer curiosity and others out of a genuine interest in the items for sale. However, most seem to be a bit wary of what they're seeing. <laughs> when asked about the origin of these items, Alan simply replied that he had acquired them through various means over the years and was now looking to sell them off to make some extra cash. While there's nothing inherently illegal about selling unusual items, some residents are concerned that the quality and safety of the items might not be up to par. Authorities have not taken any action yet, but some are suggesting that they may investigate further if Alan continues to sell these strange and questionable items. Despite the concerns, Alan seems to be enjoying his new role as a vendor, and he's already planning to expand his selection of items in the coming weeks. (laughs) It remains to be seen if people of the town will continue to embrace his unique approach to commerce, or if he will face backlash and legal consequences for his strange enterprise. Now, Alan did show up with a horse-drawn cart with just various items just hanging and dangling from Mm -hmm. the cart, so that makes sense. It answers a question that I had. It was really loud, like a lot of yeah. 
uh-huh. clattering and uh, I've gotten into like knapsacks. A lot of metal. <laughs> uh, so I, I come in here strapped with uh, with knapsacks, um, with my various odds and ends inside them. Um, I'd like to address kind of the the story uh, that just broke. Um, <laughs> And uh, the the townsfolk that are uh, wary of of I guess what I'm selling and my motivations. Um, <laughs> there's nothing inherently wrong with what I'm doing. I'm I'm giving you goods and not really services. I'm giving you goods, <laughs> and they're good goods, you know. Um, and I guess people are sort of wondering kind of where things came from. I can't say that all of these have been acquired through legal means, but. They've all got a story behind them. So, like, let's take, for instance, the spoons. <laughs> you have a lot of spoons. A lot I of have a lot of spoons. spoons. That's, that's what a lot of the clanking is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, loose spoons. Yeah, yeah, loose spoons. So, from a, for a stretch of time during uh, the summer of 83, I became uh, somewhat of a uh, bandit in the city of Wichita. <laughs> and they called me the Wichita Spooner. <laughs> But not because of the the eating utensils. <laughs> because you sneak into people's beds and give them a warm embrace from behind. What I would do is I would sneak into someone's bed, give them a warm embrace. When I leave, I steal yeah. a yeah. spoon yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I replace it with a plastic spoon. <laughs> you devil. So the Wichita police... Um, I think everyone on the case is probably retired by now, so I think it's okay to say this. Um, they, they they had no idea who I was. They couldn't track me down. Um, they were scratching their heads and just just couldn't, is it because you couldn't gave figure them it out. <laughs> were they scratching your head because you gave them lice? That was in one of my one of the things that I have is lice. So <laughs> just got a jar of lice. When you crawled into bed to spoon them, when I, you yes, just released yes. the lice. I, yeah. I stole spoons from the police departments. <laughs> Homes. I, I should have. I should have specified that the chief of police, uh, old Chief McAnally, <laughs> of the Wichita McAnallys. Um, I snuck into his house. Generous family. Yeah. Generous family. Um, we love them if they're listening. Uh, <laughs> I gave him a warm embrace. Um, he's embracing his wife as I'm embracing him. <laughs> Real spoon train going on. <laughs> a spoon train. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, sneak into his uh, into his kitchen, take his spoons, replace him with a bag of just cheap disposable plastic spoons. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think the statute of limitations on B and E spooning and that's, then spoon theft? That's what is? I was wondering. I think that's why he's so he's so uh, uh, transparent now is because I assume the statute of limitations is over. Like you can talk about those crimes from eighty three. You said mm-hmm. 80, summer of eighty three. Yeah. So now we're stretch, not going to do the math. Stretch yeah. from uh, May to September. We're not going to do the math thing. Is you're twenty eight years old, mm-hmm. but it's um. Well, that's what I look like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the years of crime have been very good mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, yeah. Kept them young. They do say crime pays. So. <laughs> so I guess moving on to like the next one of the next things that are considered i guess a problem item in my of my merchandise uh the expired canned goods people say that that's weird that i'm selling those and maybe it is but what they don't understand is what i've done to acquire them so all of my items by the way i should probably say are jarred even the spoons i put (laughs) i i do a lot of canning and i uh, i jar all of these up so i've got a can of expired canned goods and i just put that can into a jar so that's how i keep those <laughs> so you just have cans mason jars full of cans yes okay and you think that offsets the shelf life of a canned good I, i've heard it does okay <laughs> I but what i didn't know about that what what i've been doing is there was a a brief stint in uh, december of 94 for two weeks where i didn't want people to eat expired things it's very selfless of you. Do I call myself a hero? No. <laughs> um, do you do heroic things? Do I do heroic things? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> clearly. So what I've done is I I begin to break into people's homes and I would check their pantries. I'd check their cellars and I'd say, do you have expired goods? They wouldn't know. They'd be asleep as well. <laughs> I would look in. I would grab all the out-of-date items, throw them in my knapsack, go spoon them. <laughs> So you're still spooning at this and point. And then leave. <laughs> Do 
you release the lights? It's been eleven years. And re- and release the lights. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got a whole checklist of things you got to do once yeah, you break yeah. an inner. You see my clipboard when I enter somebody's house. <laughs> you walk in like a like a warehouse manager, pencil <laughs> over your ear, and you're like, yeah, you got a vest on. He's got a hard hat, you know. <laughs> a to do list. So what other, is there any other items that you sell that aren't necessarily detailed in the, in the article? It does say that you, um, what does it say? Oh, despite the concerns, Alan seems to be enjoying his new role and he's already planning to expand his selection of items in the yeah. coming weeks. What, what so do what, you, what, what's, what's on the docket? What's planned? Well, and I don't mind telling you guys this, um, just giving a little insight to our listeners. Yeah. You heard um, it here first, people. Yeah. This is, this is where I want to, I, I want to get our listeners this information first so that they can get in line, camp out to purchase <laughs> what I've got to sell. I'm selling uh, personalized orbs. So how I'm doing that, you might ask. It was my next question. Yeah, like what type of orbs? Yeah, what's an orb? I am making orbs out of chewed gum. <laughs> so what I'm doing is I, I spend most of my most of my days um, out on the streets. Um, if I see somebody chewing gum, come up there with a, with a pot, and I ask them, hey, can I have that gum? And they usually spit it into the pot. They'll, they they might ask a question. Do you do it like, at gunpoint? <laughs> hey, can I have that gum? <laughs> I hold a knife at their throat and I say, "Give me that gum, or you're getting cut." Most of the time, they do it pretty easily. Um, and what I do, I go home after a long day and I take that gum and I mold it all together into a spherical form. I get that thing smooth. <laughs> Then I wet it down, put it into a freezer. So I freeze this smooth ball of gum, and I call them Alan's Orbs. <laughs> what happens when it thaws? It just... Why would you thaw it? Okay, no, you're right. So you have to keep it frozen? You, you have to keep it? it frozen. So in my... Uh, I don't know if you noticed, in my poor strong carriage out there, um, there is a cooler where <laughs> it's just frozen blocks of orbs based on the look of the carriage i'm just glad it's orbs and not kidneys well you know that i have thought of maybe expanding my business um i already do have the cooler so i think you're on thin ice with the local yeah that might be where the the police draw the line i gotta say but the orbs are kind of cool like you can um if maybe you're having trouble relating with your son you can ask for a game of catch with the orb (laughs) No, you said these are personalized yeah, orbs. Right. How how do you personalize these? Like, is it do people can people request like signatures and whatnot? They can request flavors. Flavors. Uh, well, it's all made out of gum, so I mean, they're like, can I get that uh, winter green? Can I get that spearmint? <laughs> That's the only thing. <laughs> You're just selling used gum. <laughs> There's not like their name written on yeah. it. Or, <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna like draw a face on it or something. Well, what I do once I find out who who's buying it, I say, okay, well, give me about a week. It takes a week. And so what I do it's is, in order to learn from them, I break into their house in the middle of the yeah. night. <laughs> of course, of course. And yeah. then I spoon them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a checklist. He's got a checklist. That's the part of it. And I immediately know everything about them. (laughs) And so I, I, you know, release the lice, steal the spoons, replace it with the plastic spoon. I'm the Wichita spooner. What do you expect? I mean, (laughs) and so I go home and to the orb, I tell the orb everything that I know about that person from the time in their home. (laughs) So it's personalized. And now the orb knows something that I know and that person knows. You are not him. It's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know what to sell you right now. <laughs> you break into people's houses, go home and tell a used piece of gum the information that you know. A used piece of gum, you mold it into a perfect sphere. You, you sell it back to them. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know how this business can sell. <laughs> I don't know where you could go. I don't. I mean, this is the American dream. <laughs> is that why you freeze them so they'll hold the secrets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> When they thaw, those secrets, they're, they're, for, they're there for anybody. They're for the taking. Now I understand why the people of the town, which is interesting. They never give the specific town. It was just a vague town. Of the town. Of the town. Now I know why the people of this town are concerned. You are a terrifying person. Do you want to ease the minds of the town people while you have their ear? Well, townspeople of, of the town, um, coming to you now. And I just want to reassure you that 
what I'm doing is for your benefit. I know what it is that you need. I mean, I know your I know your secrets. I've got your orbs. <laughs> um, and <laughs> if for some reason you think about telling anybody about any of this, <laughs> I'll unthaw your orbs. <laughs> I'll release your secrets. And I'll keep your spoons. Oh my god! So yeah, there it is, uh, town folks. But I'm I'm not a predator or anything to be <laughs> worried about. Just be cool, and I'll be cool. There you go. Hope your mind is eased by his threats. <laughs> well, all right. Y'all want to give some people advice? Oh yeah. A little impart some wisdom on some folks. Oh yeah. How can I help? What can I do? I want to do a nice thing for you. I need help. All right, boys. So a couple of people have written in really trying to fix their life, trying to make it better. And who better to help them than the three wisest people on this planet? This first email is written in by Luke. And he says, and he titles it, Schizophrenic Mother and My Girlfriend. My mom is schizophrenic. She had a really negative hallucination about my girlfriend and asked me to break up with her. I really like my girlfriend. I want to marry her, but I'm not sure how to proceed with this. My family is a nuclear family and is basically my dad who is looking after her. I live in another country. I really want to care for her and I know she doesn't have control over her hallucinations. I fear that if I marry my girlfriend, my mom will spiral into something worse. But at the same time, I don't want to give up on somebody I love. All right, boys. How do y'all, how do y'all go? How do you help Luke? I would say maybe Luke, you don't understand your mom because you're not hallucinating also. So get on your mom's level, buy some of those mushrooms everybody keeps talking about, hallucinate with her, (laughs) go to that other country that she's in, trip together, (laughs) and then maybe you'll find out why that woman's not right for you. Simple as that. That is true. Her mom might be seeing something that you're not because of her her enlightened and untethered mind. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. What about you, Evan? You got anything for for Luke? Yeah, Lucas. I got I got one set of advice for you, and that's similar to Alan's, but that's to become a hallucination for your mother. Really tap into her psyche, her her mental disability, and just hallucinate you coming for her. You know, like coming to attack her, saying, "If you don't love my girlfriend, then bad things may happen to you." insinuate things through this hallucination and then your your mom might just have to love her lucas um because otherwise your hallucination to her may do some detrimental things because of the implications because of the implications because of the implications do you think she, he should show up in her room at night yelling nightmare 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 at yes her? yes and like kind of like throwing his hands above her head yeah saying, nightmare 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 shaking her yeah I think would good. it be good to get the girlfriend involved in the hallucination as well? <laughs> it could be. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to uh, put any negative connotation sure, around his sure. girlfriend. You know, you maybe, want maybe make your girlfriend save the mom. That from could be good. That could yeah. be good. Really yeah. switch around the, yeah. the, the narrative there. Yeah. Fly her out to the country. Act like you're a hallucination for your mom. Make the girlfriend save her from that bad hallucination. And then she's her savior. She'll like her again. I, think I like great. that, yeah. I think that's a almost great, foolproof. Yeah, almost a great piece of advice. <laughs> and I'm not. I don't know what could go wrong with that. I'm not totally sure I understand schizophrenia, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they do either. Yeah, uh, my advice is very, actually very similar to yours, which means it's probably good advice if two of us yeah. came to the same conclusion. But I'm just saying, Luke. I, I think I've solved schizophrenia, and here's the reason is because a schizophrenic person is generally paranoid. People are watching them. The government's after them. They see hallucinations. The issue that they are having is that they are different. They're seeing things that aren't there. Help them see the things that are there. If they're afraid of people watching them, hire people to watch them from windows and corners, and then they're not crazy anymore Mm. because when they are freaking out that somebody's watching them, people are actually watching them. If your mom is afraid of your girlfriend being a murderer, help your girlfriend murder somebody. Yeah. Mm. This will make your mom seem less crazy relative to us normal folk without schizophrenia. And if we do this to every schizophrenic person, all of a sudden they are normalized. They are they are as normal as everybody else. So like Evan, give into her give into her schizophrenia. Feed that schizophrenia. Feed it. Make her make her dreams come true. <laughs> 
<laughs> if she sees a 10-foot squirrel outside doing a polka dance, you know what to do. Do that for her. And like and, a, we were saying, we know what schizophrenia is. Yeah. 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 We're very qualified to speak on mental disorders mm-hmm. such as schizophrenia. No, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that you had a similar thought to yeah. me because that really reaffirms my mm-hmm. my advice. And, you know, as I say, great minds think alike. Yeah. And grape-sized minds think alike. <laughs> Soon, Luke, maybe your mom will be thinking like us, too, if you give in to her schizophrenia. Any closing closing advice for Luke there? Not only is that great advice, but I think you may have just solved schizophrenia. I think I solved schizophrenia. I don't know why others haven't come to this conclusion yet, but you know we're on the cutting edge of science and psychology here at Questionable Detour, so it, it's understandable. This is what the people come here for. So QDMD, that's that's what we are. <laughs> All right, the next person writing in is having a little trouble at work. All right, Charles writes in. How to quit a job I just started. I just got my first big boy job a month ago and have enjoyed it. That said, I've been offered a new job that aligns much more with my career goals. My issue is that they need me to start in less than a week. My current job will be left bombarded with all the tasks I've been in charge of. How do I quit and and convey this in the most respectful manner to my current boss? Tough situation. Tough, tough, tough. No, that's not a great situation to be in. Um, number one, don't call it a big boy job. Um, that's just off the bat. Um, only refer to it as a little man job. Because um, if you're not a big boy, you're a little man. So <laughs> I'm really trying to add that up in my head. Yeah, so anyway, my advice is just lie. Lie, your grandmother died, maybe. Um, you got to take some time off. You got to quit your job. Just change your perspective on life. Uh, throw something out there. Maybe just make it insane. Make it believable yeah. if you have to. Like, say, oh, I got attacked by a squirrel that had rabies, <laughs> and now I have a week to live. Yeah. So, tell them you're, yeah. you're going to die next week. Yes, yeah. Tell them you're going to die next week. Cut ties immediately. Leave your job. You know, give it like, give them four days, you know, of good sure. work. Yeah. And then when you're like, oh, I only have two days left to live. And they're like, quit coming into work. And you're like, okay, I will. And then when they think you're dead, you just start posting all over social media. You have no obligation to them anymore. Right. Yeah. You went on vacation it's for two just, days. It's just business. Yeah, it's just business. They're used to this. People <laughs> <laughs> do this all the time. Really, it's strange that you, Charles, has not have not heard about this tactic. Yeah, for quitting jobs, I've done it at least three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you haven't found another job. You're no. unemployed. Yes, Evan's past employers think he's a medical miracle. <laughs> <laughs> a man that's cheated death three times. Last job, you said he, I, I have stage seven cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, I didn't Whoa. know there were that many yeah. stages." <laughs> oh, this is a Coachella concert or and then, festival. And then, and then you, saw, you saw your last employer at a restaurant, and you're like, you had to make up the fact that you had life saving surgery, mm-hmm. and it's a miracle. Yeah, I think he said when you talked to your last employer, you were like, "Oh no, I read it wrong. It was stage one, not stage seven. Yeah, yeah. They they put a weird line at the top. The of The doctor the line. had weird handwriting. And yeah. It was not cancer. It was allergies. Yeah. You had stage one allergies. Yeah, yeah. It was actually stage one cancel um, because they were trying to cancel my appointment because I wouldn't stop uh, coming into the doctor's yeah, appointment yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. So doctors really need to work on their handwriting, I think, yeah. is the summary of that. That can't be my fault. Yeah, it can't be your fault. You don't have to lie to us. We, no, I mean, we it, know just, the strategy. it can't be my fault, you know? <laughs> you don't have to prove yourself. You good? At- All right, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. what you got, Zach? Alan, what you got for you have, uh- or Alan? Who are you? <laughs> you can go. <laughs> I could go. Yeah, yeah. Um, Charles, have you ever shown up naked to your work place of work? They don't like that. You wanna you wanna convey that you don't wanna be there anymore? Show up naked. Do your job naked. They're gonna have to fire you. Human resources does not like that. And I can speak from personal experience. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. fired immediately. They 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 wanted me out of there almost immediately. Gives you plenty of time. To, to get ready for your next job. And which, uh, Zach, me and Alan have been meaning to talk to you about that. Yeah. Um, you got to quit showing up here naked. Yeah, it, well. It's really taking a toll. I have something to tell y'all. I got podcast. another job offer from another podcast. Ah. <laughs> God. You do all the work here, so that really takes a, <laughs> takes a toll here. So that's why I've been showing up naked, because, Charles, I've been trying to employ the same 
same tactic here at Questionable Detour. It it's, has not worked. It's wild that uh, that Rogan finally reached out yeah. and uh, <laughs> made you that offer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been in lots of talks, contract negotiations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, the the Joe Rogan experience. But and what I've, you've been trying this for? You've been trying to quit for what five months now? Yeah, five. You, months. You've shown up wow. naked for five straight months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we're just now saying something about it, but <laughs> it has been affecting us for the past five. Months. I think. Yeah, I've you know I've accepted the. The job at Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan Experience, replacing Joe. You know, uh, it's still called the Joe Rogan Experience, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I'm changing my name to Joe. My name is Joe Rogan. So and you get to tell what it's like to fill in as, to walk in Joe Rogan's shoes, I basically. Do. Yeah. Okay. I will be taking his shoes. I'll be wearing his shoes. Yeah. What size are they? <laughs> Nines? He seems like a, a nine. small size man. Nine. That's a kind of a small shoe. <laughs> He's kind of a short guy. I don't know. But anyway, Charles, yeah, show up naked. It works. Not here. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but it will work at your place of business, I'm very sure. Yeah, I guess that might speak more on me and Alan than yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what can we say? We're accepting people. Yeah. You know? We get it. It's a slight inconvenience for y'all. But whatever. All right, Alan, what, uh, what advice do you have for Charles? I would say... Tell your current employer that you're being drafted. Tell them that you're being drafted and you've got to go fight overseas oh. for the Iraqi military. That's not right. Maybe it was the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. You, I mean, they they would know if they didn't see you on TV. Yeah, so your your so. advice to Charles is say you're being drafted by like ISIS. N- no, not no. In those words. Specifically, no. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, boss. <laughs> It seems that I have gotten a job working for a terrorist organization. <laughs> it's clerical, clearly <laughs> clerical work. This this business, this place of business has too many stories on it. It needs to come down. <laughs> <laughs> My man has is doing tax refunds for yeah, yeah it's the all, Iraqi all that all that, military. that you tell them is that you're doing write offs. Um, you are going to work for their military and you're doing write-offs that you're an accountant basically <laughs> that way they don't think that you're a terrorist they think <laughs> they think you're just doing a job you're punching a clock for isis <laughs> N- well no they don't like to be called that <laughs> again you don't have to tell him where you're going so it's no, just you, but just you tell should him. tell him you're gonna go work for isis tell him if that's where you're going and you're proud of it, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Scream it as you leave. <laughs> Scream your anti-American rhetoric as you leave the building. And this is just this is what we're suggesting for you here at Questionable Detour. We are against terrorism, yeah. and we're not afraid to say it. Holy, um, I think it may be controversial, it, but it is. Well, there's some gray area. Yeah, it may be controversial Brown to be against area. Terror. There's some gray area whether or not we support terrorism. Some, yeah, a little, a little bit the, gray area, right? In the sky, brown area. Oh, <laughs> the smoke. <laughs> Is that the gray area yeah. in the sky? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, any more back for Charles over there? No, I think that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, Charles. Uh, show up naked, telling your boss that you're going to work for a uh, terrorist organization, and uh, <laughs> tell him you're dying. <laughs> Charles is supposed to show up naked to his place of work, telling him he's going to go work for a terrorist organization and he'll be dead next week. Uh, it all ties together nicely. <laughs> oh, well, there you go, Charles. Let us know how that goes. Yep. <laughs> we got the QD guarantee on that one. That's right. Stamp That's right. that real quick. <laughs> Um, tell, us, tell us what federal pen- penitentiary you're in <laughs> yeah. for terrorism. I hear Guantanamo um, is nice this time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll come and visit you if it's on the way to where we're going. Uh, but that's it, boys. You want to be, be done for the day? I'm good, yeah. Yep. Let's yep. go. We go. All right, I feel good about that. All right, bye. Expect the detour.